I'm Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel Mug Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my lovely Jen. How are you today, buddy? Ah, good. I'm excited to talk about somewhere warm because it is not that warm here. (laughs) No, I am the same. So that's excellent news then because today we are going to talk about one of my favorite places, which is Bermuda. So this is going to be a beginner's guide to planning and visiting the island. Again, we're not experts, but we have some good base knowledge and insider information from my lovely Bermudian pals. But do ensure that you do your own independent research. And it was always a great idea to consult a travel professional to help you make your plans what you want them to be. So I definitely wanted to do this episode as I have been to Bermuda four or five times. I met some amazing Bermudians during university, which led to my first spring break trip being to this beautiful place. And I fell in love immediately. I have to admit, of course, I haven't been back since 2005 when Peter and I, it was our first international trip. I know, Um, but I have reached out to some folks for up-to-date insight as I'm sure things have changed, of course, since I've been there, such as new destinations or restaurants. So specifically, thanks to one of our listeners, Joanna, she filled me in on some stuff. So that's excellent. Now, Let's dive in and learn a bit more about Bermuda itself. So, Jen, why don't you kick us off with a bit about the country? I will. It's funny because um, my husband's best friend is from Bermuda as well, and we haven't been to Bermuda because we want to go when he's there, but he's in Florida. So I'll see him in Florida soon, but we haven't been to Bermuda yet, but we, we also have friends there. So Bermuda is a small yet beautiful, so I'm told. Island. It is a British territory in the Atlantic Ocean, and it's in the same time zone as us here in Atlantic Canada, which is often surprising to a lot of people. So, of course, many people have heard of the Bermuda Triangle and all of that folklore. I really thought the Bermuda Triangle was a mystery that needed to be solved when I was like 10 years old. I was very (laughs) I didn't solve it. Spoiler. (laughs) Someday. There's still time, lots of time. Yeah, so many people have heard of it, but haven't actually been to the island itself. So that's why we decided that we should do this episode and convince the people to go to Bermuda. So Bermuda is actually an archipelago, which is made up of 181 islands. Wild. Um, All of the most significant ones are connected by bridges and make up the more inhabited parts of the country itself. So there are essentially five main islands. It is 54 square kilometers or 21 square miles for our American pals. And it is well known around the world for its pink sand beaches, mix of American British culture, especially in the capital of Hamilton. And it has many attractions to make a visit worthwhile. So Megan, tell us, how do we get there? And then once we're there, how do we get around? Because there's no driving to Bermuda. There is not. I mean, maybe that's got something to do with the triangle we don't know about yet. Maybe. (laughs) Mystery continues. Um, So yeah, how to get there. Air travel. So Bermuda has one airport. It's the L.F. Wade International Airport. It is six miles from the capital of Hamilton, 
So you won't have to go far if you are staying in the capital. I know you can get to some places and have to drive a really long ways, even Halifax. But that is not the case on Bermuda. Cruise travel, of course, is the other main option to get to Bermuda, albeit, you know, with the cruise option, you will have limited time there. However, it is the way a lot of people choose to see the country and see what it's all about. Honestly, with its size, you probably could cover quite a few things during a cruise visit. But with a cruise visit, you don't get to do the relaxing in this beautiful place piece. And so that is, of course, something to keep in mind. Those are the two main ways to get to Bermuda. Now, once you are there, getting around is kind of another point to consider, and I think in advance. So non-residents are not permitted to own, rent, or even drive a car in Bermuda. They do follow British driving rules, not North American driving rules. So the opposite side of the road for a lot of us, not everyone, but a lot of us. However, the main reason it's not allowed is to help control traffic and parking congestion. As you mentioned, it's not a big island, so it kind of makes sense. Although from my research, that has changed a little bit, which I will mention in a moment. So your main options to get around are walking, of course, which honestly I have done. Um, and the sides of the road are very narrow and people drive very fast. So it isn't an ideal option. Do it if you must, but with caution. Uh, you can also take public transport, such as a taxi or a bus. I have done both there as well. The bus system is really good. And this is kind of where the interesting piece about vehicles comes in. So now it is available that you can actually rent a battery-powered electric car which I guess flies in the face of, you know, why can't we rent a regular one then? But who am I to question these rules? <laughs> um, so you can actually do battery powered. So is it about congestion or is it about pollution? Like what is the real reason? I'm not sure, but I guess it would cut down on pollution, but not congestion. Right. Anyway, lastly, the most popular option though still remains scooters. I have not done that, nor will I. People are like really comfortable that live there driving there. So it just, yeah. it's, it's something to be very careful with. Just always wear a helmet and just really be careful if you choose that option. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would want to drive a scooter anywhere. Uh, no. <laughs> and I mean, Peter wanted to do it, but I was just like, I've been here a lot and, and that is not how I want to go, you know? Literally. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about currency. So when you're preparing to travel to Bermuda, bring U.S. dollars. The Bermudian dollar is on par with the U.S. dollar and it's used interchangeably when you spend money. Of course, you'll be able to use your credit card and they do have ATM machines as well. And from our past advice on the uh, podcast here, you know that we do recommend you having some cash on hand when you travel to a new country and Bermuda's no different. So just grab some U.S. dollars before you go. Mm -hmm. Now, planning to stay there, of course. You're there. You're not on a cruise ship. Let's say, where are you going to stay? So Airbnb is definitely an option, and there are a decent number of Airbnbs to choose from on Bermuda. Last time I was there, Airbnb was not even a thing. Sure. <laughs> So this is a different option. And I did do a brief search for, let's say, March 2024. Yeah. And all prices in Canadian weren't really any higher than Airbnbs here in Nova Scotia. And they were dotted throughout the island. So it doesn't seem like a bad deal to me, honestly. 
But of course, it's always going to depend on the time of year you're visiting. So do your research book early as always. Uh, they also do holiday rentals. So for bigger groups, there are other sites that offer the option to book like a larger house or a cottage with more bed options to sort of meet larger group needs as well. And then there are hotels, of course, luxury hotels. A lot of them are, especially in Hamilton. So you need to be prepared to pay for the luxury. But if you can, you are going to enjoy a variety of choices you'll, you will have, essentially. And you can really look those up really easily. There's a ton of hotel options there for such a small place. Mm-hmm. I have to confess, though, I have been really lucky and I've only ever stayed with friends on my visits. Right. Um, but I have to admit, it would be fun to sort of go and be a complete tourist, meaning sort of staying on my own like a big girl. So maybe I will do that someday. Yes, maybe someday. I, You know, we were getting ready for this episode and then I was immediately like looking at flights to Bermuda because I was like, now I want to go. And uh, sadly, we have lost our, our Halifax direct flight to Bermuda, but uh, maybe we're getting some flights back. So. Maybe, maybe it'll come back. But our friend who's from there, his parents have an Airbnb, like a basement apartment Airbnb. So I know, like, woo, we could just rent that one. Why not? Right. All right. So let's talk about the things to do when we're in Bermuda. Definitely. And it's a small place, but there are a lot of different options in terms of stuff to do. So Let's talk beaches first and foremost. So what you need to know about Bermuda beaches is that you simply, you're not going to be disappointed. They have the brilliant blue water that you imagine in your head and they actually have pink sand. It is a little coarser because it is made of like crushed shells, but it's pink and you don't care. Like it's the most beautiful thing you'll see. And then some of the beaches have like white sand as well. The beaches are rare heaven. I can't, I can't explain it any other way. My favorite is the classic Horseshoe Bay, which is located in Hamilton Parish. So aptly named for the shape of it is a horseshoe. And it is one of the ones that has pink sand. And I remember going there in February 1995. It was empty, of course, because locals know better. Why are they going to the beach <laughs> in February? My best friend Meredith was there with me and we were in literal awe. I had never seen anything like it and we do come from an island completely surrounded by beaches ourselves yeah but not that look like that and has really left a lasting impression on me for sure it is a free public beach with lots of amenities as well including being able to rent water equipment beach chairs there's restaurants nearby as well other beaches of note although again you literally can't go wrong are Shelly bay beach which is more shallow it does have a playground so if you're going with kids that could be a good option. And the same for Clearwater Beach as well. Jobson's Cove has beautiful pink sand. It is great for snorkeling. And there's also very popular Elbow Beach nearby, which has an exclusive beach resort, as well as the busy cruise ship port is nearby. So you probably should keep that in mind. Yeah. If crowded beaches aren't your scene, Bermuda is dotted with hidden coves and smaller beaches as well. You will find somewhere quiet to enjoy the beach with a bit of research or like chat with a friendly local. I'm sure they'll be open to sort of sharing a couple of different spots with you. Next is the town of St. George's. So the site of the first English settlement on Bermuda with old cobblestone streets and wee little cottages. 
Here you can walk the pedestrianized water street, visit the unfinished church, and then take a walk over to Tobacco Bay, another beach for swimming and snorkeling. And you can get to St. George's from Hamilton via ferry from April to October. And it's definitely an area with a lot of history, so something you shouldn't miss. Mm, yeah. Yes. What do you think? What, what's your you know research telling you on where people well, should go? Right. So the place that I have heard of, but have not been, obviously, is nestled in an area that the Bermudians call Tom Moore's Jungle. Um, so that is Blue Hole Park. So the park itself is 12 acres with caves, mangroves, which are trees that grow in salt or brackish water. By the way, I had to look that you know. I love that. It's <laughs> and a little learning component. Exactly. Uh, so the next time you're at Trivia and they ask you what a mangrove is, it's a tree that grows in salt or brackish water. Anyway, go. the Blue Hole itself is a large deep pool where you can go swimming or even cliff diving if you are brave and have good travel insurance. (laughs) (laughs) The park is free to visit and there is parking. Well, well, you can't drive yourself there, but, uh, you know, I guess you could in your electric vehicle or scooter. Right. Um, It sounds like a great day to me. And it's also within walking distance of our next spot, which is grotto bay beach resort so it has lovely caves that you can swim in and have a massage in it's also very close to the airport which is nice so if you're looking for like luxury resort vibes this looks like the place for you it's the only all-inclusive resort in bermuda and it features two private beaches with 11 colorful cottages in traditional bermudian architecture overlooking the amazing clear turquoise waters and dotted with small islands so like i said it's within five minutes of the airport but it also is within a short driving distance of two amazing golf courses as well if golf is your thing but the best part is the cave spa i i I hope we can show you a picture on instagram because like it is amazing the cave is over five hundred thousand years old and you're on, you're like in a hut floating over the water in this cave and that you can get spa treatments, massages, mud wraps, etc. Um, it looks very luxurious and very fancy. I, uh, I don't know if I looked at the prices. I probably don't want to know. <laughs> it's maybe out of our price range, but yeah, maybe some of our listeners are going to go for it. Yeah. And someone, someone should. They should. For us. Yeah. For research. For science. Let us know. Let us know. Awesome. Because uh, next spot I wanted to talk about is also close to that location as well. So Crystal and Fantasy Caves, they're located coincidentally at 8 Crystal Cave Road in Hamilton Parish. Yes. They are natural underground wonders discovered accidentally by two young boys. So these caves will take you, if you do both, about an hour and 15 minutes, and reservations are recommended. So the water is crystal clear, and you do a guided tour, which gives great insight into the shapes and formations within the cave, which have formed there over millions of years. I have visited a few times. It's a cool experience that isn't too time-consuming, so I do recommend it. And of course, there's a lot of people who don't enjoy doing things with a guide. But otherwise, you're just going to go down there and you would just look and be like, okay, cool. And then you would leave. 
So this is one of those situations where it's good to sort of have some explanation. Now, to visit each cave is $24 or both for $35. And I want something I wanted to keep in mind as well for our listeners is there are a lot of steps down into the cave. So proper footwear is recommended and ensure that you as a human are able to climb back out. That's, That's fair. <laughs> yeah. We will have to link to their page in our show notes if you do want to check that out. Now, of course, uh, the capital city of Bermuda, Hamilton, we need to visit there. So I think that that should be on our list as well. So the population of Hamilton hovers just under a thousand people in total. And it is not the most populated city in Bermuda. That is St. George's. So Front Street in Hamilton is really where the action is. So with the shops, the restaurants, and on Wednesday nights, there's Harbor Night, which is locals who sell their goods. And that runs May through till September. The buildings in Hamilton are in beautiful pastel colors, which you'll see a lot throughout Bermuda. And Hamilton, of course, is part of the greater Hamilton Parish. That's how the different areas of the island are designated through parishes. Right. Hamilton is also where cruise ships come ashore. You can, of course, find luxury hotels there, like we already mentioned. And two that I did want to bring up at this point, just in case, that are sort of more well-known are Hamilton Princess and Beach Club, as well as the Royal Palms Hotel. So those are a couple of different hotels that are located literally in Hamilton. Now, you can also catch ferries out from Hamilton to other parts of Bermuda. And in my opinion, most of the things to see are outside of the city. And you would maybe end your day there for supper and strolling along Front Street. So unless you really want to do a lot of like luxury shopping, it's not likely where you're going to spend most of your days. Right. It can be a good home base. And like I said, a great place for supper. But if you're not there to like shop your socks off and spend all your cash, it may not be where you're spending your time. Makes sense. Yeah. What's next? All right. Up next is Gibbs Hill Lighthouse. So if for amazing views, this is where you're going to want to head. So it offers a 360 degree view of the island. Tickets are $2.50. Very, very cheap. Even in very this Very reasonable. Yes. However, you do have to walk up the 185 steps to the top. So that's, that's the catch. That's the trade-off. Um, the lighthouse was built in 1844 and was one of the first lighthouse or was the first lighthouse in the world to be made out of cast iron. Just fun fact. Right. And the bottom floor is also a restaurant where you can refuel after you do all of those steps or before. You might yeah. need a protein boost after yeah. that. <laughs> And uh, next spot, last uh, thing we're going to talk about to do is for the history lovers to head to Commissioner's House. So it's within the National Museum of Bermuda. Tickets are $18 for adults. Children under 16 are free. I believe seniors were 15 bucks, so not bad. So Commissioner's House is the world's first cast iron residence. They They're really into being first with the cast iron. They're really into the cast iron here. Uh, and you can learn about the history of the island, including slavery, immigration, and tourism. And you'll want to make sure that you see the Hall of History. It is a mural tracing the history of Bermuda that depicts 400 years of Bermudian history and culture. 
from floor to ceiling. It's a giant mural. I saw a picture on their website and it looks pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Tell us about our favorite topic. Definitely. So I did have to reach out to Joanna for some insight on restaurants, what's happening now. And she gave me some really good insight uh, so I can share with everybody up-to-date information. That's why we're here. So the best local fish sandwich can be found at Art Mel's. It's centrally located, but a little bit off the beaten track if you're adventurous. So Art Mel's, M-E-L apostrophe S. If you like fish, do ensure, even if it's not here, do ensure that you get a fish sandwich. It is a must-have. I I had a lot of fish sandwiches <laughs> under dinner, so trust me, it's it's a, it's a place to get your fresh seafood. <laughs> Intrepid at Hamilton Princess Hotel, Bolero, Portocal, and Little Venice, located in Hamilton, all are higher end. So those are some spots to go if you're looking for some upscale dining. Now, for more reasonably priced and a bit more casual, I would recommend Pickled Onion and Portofino, as well as La Trattoria. I have been to all three. They are delightful. Astwood Arms, uh, Front Yard, Devil's Isle, and Deja Vu. Actually, Deja Vu. Vu. Yeah. Not deja vu, although maybe I just had that. (laughs) Yeah, deja vu. So those are a little more reasonably priced and casual spots. Now, near the Crystal Caves and Grotto Bay and, of course, Blue Hole Park, as we learned, there is the famous Swizzle Inn. Mm -hmm. It is located in Hamilton Parish. I have been there. I've shared a drink with friends on the patio. Bermuda's oldest pub and where you, of course, can get the famous rum swizzle drink. Now, it was created in the 1900s and it is a drink that Bermuda is known for, along, of course, with the dark and stormy. (laughs) It's a spot that's not to be missed, so definitely make it part of your visit. It's It's a historic spot. It's a famous spot there. I don't drink rum, so the swizzle wasn't for me. Oh, mm. yeah. But rum. I did I, I did go, and it's worth it. Now, it, it, rum swizzle is dangerous because it, it, <laughs> it's juice. It tastes like juice, and there's a lot of alcohol in it. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a reason why it's called swizzle in swagger out. Um, oh. Don't be drunk, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, you even know the slogan. Look at that. <laughs> And you haven't even been there, and I, I, I feel know. Like I don't know the slogan. Listen, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of Bermudians, and they, they can drink. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I, I had never even known about dark rum. I was so innocent at university. <laughs> I didn't even know about dark rum until I got there and met Bermudians, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is some scary stuff, but they're into it. They drink responsibly. They know how it's done. Right. They do. They do indeed. No. There's some interesting things about Bermuda I think we should share. So let's talk about some fun facts. Well, the return of the fun facts. I feel like it's been a little bit since we've done I know. fun facts. So fun fact number one, you're only ever one mile away from the ocean. Wow. Wild. Like we said, Bermuda is an archipelago. And uh, yeah, it's not very wide. So you're only, you can only be so far. That's right. So um, Bermuda used to export a lot of onions, and they were famous for growing some of the best in the world before other places decided they wanted to grow onions. Sure. 
So the legend of the onion still lives on in Bermuda at New Year's. So upon the stroke of midnight, a giant onion, fully (laughs) decked out in Christmas lights, is dropped from the town hall in St. George's Square. How New York, but not. I know. I'm like, why is that not televised? (laughs) I've never watched Giant Onion. I tune in for that onion. Yeah. So Bermuda isn't in the Caribbean, which I think a lot of people, when you're looking at a map, don't realize where Bermuda actually is. So, yeah, it's actually closer to North Carolina than it is to the Bahamas, which is wild. It is. And Bermuda has no native people, so human civilization began after shipwreckage ended up in Bermuda. Three people from the original ship stayed on the island, and then another ship later joined them named the Plainfully. Yes. Three people procreate and it ain't good. No. Um, yeah. So the the ship, another ship came there and with the intention of settling in 1612. So excellent. Um, and Bermudians are over the top friendly from my experience. This is definitely true. Um, Agreed. Lovely people. And last fun fact, Bermudians do not pay any income tax. So they live in a pro- tropical paradise and no income tax. Isn't that lovely? It's tough life. You know, I think we should be packing our bags. At- what are we doing in the place where the wind hurts our face? I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Anyway, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Bermuda. And let us know if you've been there or maybe if this episode has inspired you to travel there like it has me. It's, it's definitely bumped it up a couple notches on my list. As always, you can find us on social media at Travel Mug Podcast. You can visit our website, travelmugpodcast.com. There you can find lots of episode info and all kinds of stuff. We got lists. We got packing lists. We got our favorite products. We got everything. Um, it is the holiday season. So if you feel so inclined, you can buy us a coffee, which helps support the show. Or buy some of our merch, maybe for someone for a Christmas gift. Links are all in the show notes. And another great way, a great Christmas gift, if you will, would be leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And that's free. It just takes a couple seconds to typo that you love us and hit the five stars. That would be great. <laughs> Easy to I know. Uh, this is our last full episode of 2023. Crazy time. So uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.